It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dustin, we're going to begin our special series on Penn State through the decades, the football team. We're starting with the 60s, and when we, you and I decided to do this, we both had to go do our homework. Uh, as someone older than you, been around Penn State football, the history and all of it, I probably knew more of the stories than you did. I want to start with the stadium, which I think is especially appropriate now. It was just a week or so ago where Penn State put out the questionnaire to some of the uh, season ticket holders talking about would they prefer upgrading the current stadium or a new stadium and so on. But Beaver Stadium has a very rich history. And before we started this exercise with this series... How much did you know about the Beaver Stadium history? Uh, I had to go back and research it a little bit just to, just to see where it began, uh, where it moved to, how they expanded it, and the logistics of doing it, which, you know, it's like Penn State's version of building the pyramid of how, how they assembled it. It's like how or why did they take this thing apart and reconstruct it someplace else? Um, but yeah, just, uh, I think just the, a cursory knowledge of how they adapted the stadium uh, to go with the times, you know, as they started, I think that, what was it? 500 people in the original football stadium. Uh, they moved it to uh, around where rec hall was, and then they moved it across campus to where it is now. And obviously a lot of, uh, in, you know, of, adaptations and renovations and expansions. And uh, I think the time that we're in now, to your point, is just kind of the next phase of where they're going. And, you know, the the, uh, the evolution of the stadium was to go with the, you know, f- explosion in popularity for, for football in general, for Penn State football, the number of fans who wanted to come see those games. And now it's like, uh, I, I don't know if it's a, it's not an expansion thing, but it's almost like the, the times are, that you have to offer fan experience. It's no longer just about sitting on a metal bleacher and taking in the game. That's not the only source of entertainment. You need to be able to offer more to people. And so that's the next wave of, of this thing is, is make it more comfortable, update the, you know, the restrooms, like, like that kind of stuff. So now it's, it's not about making a bigger, bolder Beaver Stadium. I think the question is now is, is the scope of it. Um, what does this renovation expansion, uh, what, do, what does it look like? And that's what we're, we're, we're in the early stages of trying to find out. But I think uh, going back in history can kind of inform the future, right? Exactly. Well, let, let's go up to the 60s. Let's go back and let's fast forward from the 20s and 30s. And what I found really fascinating was when they – for those who don't know the story, the camp, the stadium used to be called Beaver Field. It was on the other side of campus, and many Penn State fans already know the story that it was taken apart and moved to its current location, and that was in 1960 this happened. So that's the beginning of our decade we're looking at. 
But what I found fascinating, Dusty, in researching it a little bit more, that it's not just that it was taken apart and moved with the idea, oh, we need to expand and we don't have space. The in, one of the great incentives was to make more room for classrooms where the old stadium was so they could keep that all in a tight space within walking distance, all the classrooms. And the other part that I really found fascinating was the plan for this started in the 30s when they upgraded the old Beaver Field from wooden bleachers to steel bleachers knowing that they would be doing this someday, taking it apart and moving it across campus. So this was a move that was pretty much 30 years in the making. And that's, I mean, to, to put that into today's perspective, uh, one would hope that the information being gathered now is not to inform something that goes up in 2050, but something that goes up <laughs> a, a, a little bit before that. So I would hope they move a little bit faster. And, you know, the fascinating thing to me, just looking back at all this is that, you know, just trying to put yourself in those times. And I know that, you know, going back to 1960s, not going back to the 1800s or whatever, but, you know, when you're looking at how fast things change as a culture, as a society, um, looking at, you know, the tendency for college campuses to always be in the, a state of evolution, to always be expanding, to always be adding a building. They're always under construction. Uh, and I think this was part of that deal was uh, to, you know, and academics, it sounds like came first in this situation, but it was also, you know, a move toward the tendency we see now of, okay, we have to figure out how athletics can coexist with academics to now just the, the tendency everywhere to really just having athletic campuses on, you know, just on the outskirts of the campus or whatever, where most of your major stuff is in the same vicinity. So now you have Beaver Stadium and Bryce Jordan Center. Uh, you've got the track and field complex. You've got uh, the ice arena. You've got the field hockey all with, sort of in that campus there. But it wasn't always like that. No, it wasn't. And it fascinates me that the old field was like right in the middle of campus. And the way the stories go, all the games were at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And essentially... People would grab their lunch, either the professors across the street at their homes or downtown. You walk to the gate, buy your ticket right then and there to go into the game at 1 o'clock. Now, you fast forward to 1960, and it's fascinating to me that they took it apart. And, you know, Beaver Stadium does look like an erector set. So, you know, they took the pieces apart. They moved them over, including the press box. And where the press box originally was about 30 feet off the ground over at Beaver Field, they it kind of doubled in height because of the extra stands, and they went from 30,000 to about 43,000 seats initially when they made the move. So at that time in 1960, this 110,000 seat stadium was only at 40,000. A couple other interesting tidbits. Did you see how much it cost for the construction then, Dusty? Uh, well, I think, would you say 1.8 million, right? Which was probably, you know, as your this this time was like, you know, the a transition, like between the 30s and the 60s, and then moving forward, a transition to college football becoming a business enterprise. 
um, and and trying to trying to steer into that. But I'm sure uh, back 1.8 million probably felt like uh, a fortune back then. But now that's like <clears throat> you want to put three seat cushions in Beaver Stadium. It's going to cost 1.8 million now. It seems like. Well, if you translate those dollars into today's dollars, it would be 18 million dollars. So. Yeah. You wouldn't get much more for eighteen million than the couple. Maybe you'd get six seat cushions instead of three. Um, there's a couple other tidbits that I want to share with you that came out of this moving the stadium because the stadium was going to be outside of campus, beyond campus. They figured people would be more cars driving to it, and they were afraid of traffic jams. One of the things that they wanted to do to alleviate the traffic jams is they were going to do some landscaping and put out picnic tables, things like that, to encourage people to get there early to have a picnic lunch prior to the game. Uh, Dustin, how did that work out? Well, a picnic lunch, I mean... You talk about the the birthplace of of RVs and and tailgating. I mean, how cool is that to go back to the origination of it? And uh, it's just that is my favorite part about Penn State football. If I'm not working at a game to go to a game, uh, it's not that the game itself is an afterthought. I know this isn't an original thought, really, but uh, the entire experience. Like, I can't wait to get there and to crack open my first beer. Uh, forget the picnic lunch, um, crack open my first beer. I don't care if it's 7am or whatever, but like there are so many thousands who have, have such family life experiences that start with this very concept of it, of it being more than a football game. And that's really cool to, to go back to, you know, the, the Penn state philosophy on that back then that is still very much alive and well today. That's pretty awesome. It, it really is. And by the way, the one other tidbit with the uh, uh, trying to avoid having the traffic jams, apparently that first year it didn't work. They had uh, massive traffic jams, apparently. And that's probably the beginning of another tradition yes. that lives on until today at Penn State football. And they are still attempting to fix the traffic issues, right? Well, and, and imagine, like, we're going to look back on this time and like, I don't know, the, the 2050s, 2060s and be, and, and be like, how did you get in and out of State College on a, on a game day? There was there was uh, there were two lane roads that everybody had to go down. You know, like I, I think uh, what, you know, the logistics of, of trying to get to and from State College does, still doesn't mesh very well with the with the Penn State Saturday. Well, the interesting thing, and I'll show my age a little bit, and before 99, Interstate 99 was finished, we, when we would drive in the games, we would drive from the east along Interstate 80. Well, it wasn't Interstate all the way to the stadium like it is now, and you would go past the prison and, you know, single-lane road, and you could get backed up very quickly. But... I, I thought the stadium would be a good place for us to start, not just a series, but, you know, the 60s, because 1960 was when they moved into B 
Beaver Stadium. Now, I'm not sure how it goes from a Beaver field to from a field to a stadium. I'm not sure what the definition is to make that change. But, and we're going to talk about the rest of the decade as being the start of the modern era with what happened on the field. But you really had to look at the construction of Beaver Stadium as the real start of Penn State football as we know it today. It's definitely a precursor. And I think the the idea of, you know, when I picture Beaver Field, I picture that just being, yeah, come on down. You know, what you described earlier. Come on down. You get a ticket, uh, day of the game, come right in. And it's about what's on the field because there's not much else. And then I think when you get into the idea of stadium, I don't know if there's an official capacity landmark that you have to hit to go from field to stadium. But that becomes much more so about architecture and getting as many fans as possible in there. It's about it's about that. I, I, I feel like I, I, I think about business when I think of stadium versus field. And I think you can kind of, you know, the, the growth of Penn State football can be found in the growth and the experience of, of building and expanding Beaver Stadium. And we'll hit a couple more highlights of the expansion of the stadium as we go through the decades, Dusty. But we have two more segments left. Now we're going to get onto the field. And remember, this was the decade that this coach by the name of Joe Paterno shows up. How did that work out for them, Dustin? We'll let our listeners know right after this. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout. 